Protestants worship God through their spirit-filled worship services, fellowship, and Bible studies. Catholics worship God through their beautiful cathedrals, liturgies, and sacred traditions. As Protestants and Catholics, we worship the same God, we just do it a little differently. But that's no reason to behave like prideful little children in the Father's house who fight over who God loves more just because he gave us different colored rooms. For there is no distinction between Jews and Gentiles, and there is no distinction between Protestants and Catholics. The same Lord is Lord of all, and is generous to all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. We are all God's children, but the enemy has us distracted and divided against ourselves. Meanwhile, he's destroying our families and robbing our children of their future. But it doesn't have to end this way. If we want to beat the enemy, Protestants and Catholics must join forces. But how? Stop talking about how we are different and start talking about how we are the same. We are all the same in our struggles. We are all broken and we all need a savior named Jesus. There are 120 million Protestants and Catholics in America. Imagine if we stopped fighting each other and started fighting the enemy and his evildoers. Imagine if we all pointed in the same direction, back towards God. Imagine if we started voting for laws that align with God's laws. What would happen? We believe that God's hand of protection and favor would heal our land and bring us back to one nation under God. We like this idea so much, we created Broken Catholic, the number one podcast in the world for Protestants and Catholics. Now close your eyes and take a listen as everyday Christians share shocking before and after stories of how they resisted or cooperated with God's plan for their lives and what happened next. Grab your pen and paper because in the next few minutes, you're going to learn how to increase your faithfulness, your fruitfulness, and your fulfillment in God's kingdom. Let's go. Today, our featured guest is Zach Elliott. He's a husband and a dad to three girls and a son. After serving as a pastor and church planter in the Pacific Northeast for 13 years, Zach and his wife, Cami, founded V3 Ministries, V as in Veronica or Victor, V3 Ministries in order to share the gospel and their love of the church. He's a thought leader and author of this new book and new bestseller entitled, Now I See. We're going to get into Zach's personal testimony, what God, God has done into, in his life. And the reason why I brought Zach on the show is I really resonate with the message that he's writing in this book. God's calling sometimes means you, you sacrifice your life. You sacrifice your, your image, the, 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 all the good feeling parts of stuff, right? And you step in and you do the work courageously and you detach from the outcomes. So we're going to talk about that with Zach today. Zach, welcome to the show, my brother. Go ahead and fill in some of the gaps in that intro, would you? Oh, man. Thanks for having me. I love it. I love what you're doing. And I think the message of... Uh, just unifying the church. I went back some of your messages and that we all are looking to God from our seat and seeing things differently. And there's so much that divides us today, but, but that common thing, creature creator relationship is the, the center point. So thanks for having me. Um, I think the only gap man is you said Northeast. I'm a Northwest guy from Oregon. So you're right. It, Northwest. Yeah. My apologies. Yeah. I have been corrected, sir. Yeah. Northwest. So, that's where he's from. Not the lazy Northeast like me. Come on now. Ah, you know, we thought we were closer, but no, no Northwest. So I'm an Oregon guy just outside of Portland. And so I'm from, I'm currently in Tampa, Florida, which is flat and not anything like the Northwest. And so I'm trying to get accustomed to that, man, but I'm glad to be here with you. Very cool. Zach, go ahead, take a minute and share something personal about you that very few people in your business or church life know. Yeah, it's funny, you know, the, we were sitting the other night, this is a few months ago when you and I showed up and it's the same thing um, that I said to you back then. When you speak or when you pastor, when you are in front of people, um, people just assume that you know exactly what you're talking about and that you're solid and that your life's put together. And I think one of the strangest things that I've had to 
am still trying to come to grips with is fear, fear, insecurity, and just be that sense that you are farther out in the water than you belong. And mm. that is a, it's an unsettling feeling that I'm still uncomfortable with today. And I've been a pastor, you know, I'm in my 13th year of trying to follow God and love people and do that well. And I still feel as unsettled. I mean, I preached uh, last weekend and I still feel as unsettled today as I did then. And that's a good thing, but it's a, oh man, you pay a price for it. And from the outside, people see you and they're like, hey, you got, you know, you're, you're doing well. You, by now you've got it figured out. Oh man, not the case. Uh, so yeah, I think that's it. And I add on top of that, I've got four kids and a wife. And so in every category is that sense of just, I'm not, do I have what I need uh, for today? And it's a yes and. Zach, let me ask you this, right? Because you just brought a very real, uh, something on, that shows up on my other business podcast, First 100K, is so many of my guests talk about how they have the imposter syndrome, right? They feel like they're an imposter in the very work that they're doing. And it doesn't matter what level of success they're at financially, like some of them, they just crossed $100,000. Others of them, they're at 10 million or 50 million. And they still feel like they're unsuccessful. Like they're a fraud somehow. Yeah. Like where does that show up in your life as, like you just said, pastoring a church? Yeah. Well, you hit it on the head. Um, for the longest time, I felt so much like a fraud that I felt like, stepping down as a pastor, you know, every week was like that. And the, mm. the backstory is I, the one thing I said I never wanted to be was a pastor. So I didn't, I did not follow the traditional track. I didn't go to seminary and then pop out of seminary and look for a specific denomination. I was not that guy. I was a guy who grew up in the church, loved the gospel, but struggled, struggled uh, in the church. And struggled with some big questions and went and um, had some huge mistakes and learn, you know, you're a learn, learn by doing guy. And so I went that route and then God called you, called me to be a pastor. And it, I'm not going to say it's Saul to Paul type stuff, but friends that knew me prior when they found out that I was a pastor said, no way, there's no way. And I carried in that sense, like it within me, am I sure that I'm sure? Like, mm. I know that God called me to this, but, mm. and through scripture, we see it. He calls fishermen. He calls tax collectors. He calls these, he calls the people that you don't think would be the guys he would call. But then when you're one of those guys, you're walking around going, I'm a fisherman. Like you got, I'm an unschooled ordinary man. The only thing I've got is that I've been with Jesus, but that mm. unschooled ordinary man part is for real. So, Zach, why do you think God calls broken, bottom-of-the-barrel guys like you and I? Oh, man, because that's who we all are, mm. you know? Um, you, he doesn't write the gospel in the sky. You know, the word took on flesh and dwelt among us. And I think it's that incarnational reality of his word becomes flesh. And the reality is that is a broken flesh. And so when he inhabits, he, he says things like, you know, if, I ask you, like, if you believe, would you not see the glory of God? And asking about late raising Lazarus from the dead. And we go, yeah, like you can do the impossible. Well, how's he going to be glorified? Well, taking the, un, the least likely and mm. the least among us, and then he does something, he speaks, he accomplishes something, and we can't take credit for it. So I think at the end of the day, the credit can go solely to him because he takes, a, a, he takes something so small and so thin, like a guy like you or I, and then he does something and he transforms someone's life and they go back and they look downstream and go, well, it was that conversation with Joseph. Mm. But if we really marinate on it, we go, no, you know, at least in my case, well, Zach, you know, but I'm, a no, I'm, I'm not the thing. And so I think he just picks us because we're thin enough and small enough that he gets the glory. 
I love that. Startup Nation, like listen to the wisdom that Zach just dropped right there. If you ever feel unworthy, like God can't work through you because you're too broken, you're too scarred, you're too scrawny or thin like Zach puts it, know this. As Zach is saying, you are the perfect vessel for God because you can't take the credit because of your brokenness. Nobody would believe it. Nobody would believe that you're, you're capable of accomplishing amazing supernatural things because of your humanity that's broken, right? And right there, God can be glorified purely 100% without you or I in the way with our egos and our pride, right? That's why he picks broken people like you and I. So BC Nation, step in, step up. You are called, we all are. Zach, let's get into this. I'm gonna go broad, high level, and then we're gonna get into your story. Why do you think the world isn't working right now? Hmm. I think at the center of it, we are, you know the, the atlas, you know, carrying the weight of the world? Mm-hmm we're not intended to carry that. And when we said God is dead, we created a culture downstream of that declaration where if we erase him from the equation, then it falls to us. To man, I mean, Nietzsche knew this when he said it, that we would have to construct a new ethic, a new Superman. Something would have to replace God to give us ethics, morals, wisdom, the judgment to do the day-to-day -day things that we have to do. And we took that risk. We kind of bought that lie, so to speak. And now in 2018, we are so far downstream of that declaration that we are, we're breathing the air of, of that declaration. And it's not working. We were not intended to be creator. We were not intended to bear the weight of the world. And yet we all feel it because we created a culture where he doesn't exist. So like mm. we got into earlier, we can't look to him because we said he doesn't, he's not there. Wow. That's powerful. BC nation. Did you get what Zach just dropped? Like that's a powerful insight. Like at some point in our human culture, whether it's collectively as humans or individually in our own life, in your life, we say no to God. We go into rebellion and we, we try to play God, right? And go back all the way to Genesis, Adam and Eve, right? The enemy, the, the temptation was you can be like gods. You can be God. You don't need him. You don't need your heavenly father. You could do it better. Do you do that in your life? I know you do. What's that part of your life, that area of your life where you feel you can do it better than God? And you won't release it to him. You won't give up control because you think somehow you know best. Hmm. And the truth is it's not working because as Zach is saying, you're pretending your atlas and you're carrying the weight of the world or your world on your shoulders. And no offense, you're not God. And it's too big of a weight. Yep. So until you surrender it and give God control and permission to take over your life, you're going to continue to struggle and struggle and struggle. Zach, how did you first experience God in a way that was so real, so tangible, like you and I talking right here on this show? Like, take us back to that story and take like three minutes on the story and really go into the depths of, you know, wherever you were in your life, whether it was broken and lost or whatever, and then boom, like a lightning bolt, you experience God in a tangible way. Hmm. Yeah, let me, I'm going to connect two feelings, two points on a map, two feelings real quick. One was I was a kid. I grew up in a Missouri Synod Lutheran church. So I love um, going back to that place and that wooden pew. And in the church I was in, we had to do catechism. And so we had to walk from our little school up through this place. And so here I am uh, in the like seventh, eighth grade walking into this church and I like to drag my feet because I didn't like catechism class so I was as late as I could possibly get away with it but I would stop and I would sit in this empty sanctuary and we had the eternal flame up in the top left corner of the sanctuary there was the eternal flame and I would sit there and I would look at that and whether I was in church on Sunday or alone in that place whenever I looked up like that 
I felt that just unsettling, that strange kind of mysterious unsettling, like you're not alone. Mm. And fast forward, um, I, I took a job. I never, like I said, was going to be a, uh, in a pastor. So I took this law enforcement job being a forensic evidence technician. So Whoa. I go take photographs and pick up evidence and all this stuff. And I got to help out a couple different teams. And so I got to be in a lot of broken places, a lot of places where there's hard stuff happening. And whether it was fatal accidents uh, or things like that, they just, there was that unsettling presence that something's not right. Mm. But it was around the drug enforcement world that I really started to see like, we're not helping. Like the, the way that we're addressing brokenness is not helping. It's just, we're hurting. There's more hurt and more harm being done. Mm. And I got to a pretty dark and hard spot in my life, pretty cynical spot. And that's where God met me and reminded me kind of that way to the world thing. Like you're not alone. That same feeling that I had as a kid, I had to look up again and say, God, I don't know what to do with the kind of the weight that I'm feeling, but I'm, I know it's too much. So I looked up and he was there. So what specific action did you take at that moment to connect with God, right? You had the prompting, you had the feeling that you're not alone in that moment. What'd you do about it? What was the action? Just that honest prayer, like the Psalms, like I cry out to you, God, it got to that level for me where I was brokenhearted about stuff that I was seeing. I wasn't happy about it. I was mad. I was, I was, I had issue with the reality that, okay, you know, if you're there, I kind of had it out. You know, there's a moment in the West Wing where, uh, let Bartlett be Bartlett. He gets, he has it out with God a little bit. And there was one of those moments where I just cried out to God. And not from a place of perfection and like, hey, I said the perfect prayer and then God decided to meet me. It was in that really frustrated, dark, hard place. And I, I reached out and he says, if you draw near to me, I'll draw near to you. Mm. And that's what happened. I love it, right? Like BC Nation, listen to Zach right here. The best prayer you can ever say in your life is the one that's so real, so raw, so from the bottom, the base of your heart, the anger, the rebellion, the, the selfishness, the darkness, the hurt, the brokenness, and just look up to your heavenly father. Get angry if you need to get angry. In anger, there's intimacy, yep. right? What God, what God despises most is lukewarmness, is indifference, is, is not even paying attention, not even trying. But if you need to get angry because your life's not working, get angry with God. Get real. That's yeah. what Zach did. That is a huge, huge tip and strategy. If you want to experience God in a real and powerful way and you never have before, or you just need to reconnect because it's been so long, that's how you do it. Yeah. Have that real raw prayer. Zach, what do you want to, what shows up for you in that? Uh, I, I think just take a piece of paper and write down, be honest, and then just put that on your computer, put it on your refrigerator. Like, just be honest. You keep saying it, but heavenly father, like Abba father, when my kids come to me, I know when they are not talking about the thing, you know, they're <laughs> talking about this, they're talking about that, they're talking about this. And I know that there's a thing behind the thing, behind the thing, behind the thing. And it takes so much time for them to be in that place where they can finally say, here's what it is. This happened at lunch or whatever it is. And we get to that place. And so I say, just do the hard work. You might have to do it beforehand of just saying, I can be honest. And if you can't, if there's a reason that you feel like you can't be honest with God, it's okay to say that. So like, I want to, I come right up to that line where I want to be honest. I want to tell, I want to say the thing or release the thing that needs to be said or released, but I won't do it because I'm fill in the blank, afraid, he's too far away, whatever it is, that's fine. But, but, but be honest to the point that it brings you right to that spot. And you said the word of intimacy, you're right there. And it's okay, even if you don't go into it and lean into it, but at least identify what it is because it's that moment of being able to be honest. That's what he's asking for. He's, he's father. I love that. Like that father image you just said in your own life with your kids, Zach, like that's so darn powerful and human. It's just so real. We all get that, right? And we behave spiritually like children. 
And that's a good thing, actually. That's how God asks us to show up, show up like a child to him, right? So there's nothing wrong there, BC Nation. However, you just want to take that next step so that God can meet you, right? But you have to step and lean into God. What a great, powerful strategy. It's so simple that Zach just gave you. Write down, be honest, put it on a post-it note, put it on your computer screen, put it on your fridge, put it on your freaking forehead, you know, wherever you need to be honest with God, get right to the thing. What's that thing you're holding, you're carrying the weight of the world, your world, right? That you're just not giving to God. Give it to God. He'll take it. It's awesome. Zach, what mistakes have you made in your spiritual walk with God? Give me your biggest, dirtiest, nastiest, like just that the one that the enemy hits you with shame and guilt and all that. Give me that mistake. Go real with us, would you? Yeah. I think it, the, there's a long list, but the one at the top for me is it's pride. And the, it's that, that shadow side of insecurity, that thing that makes you maybe useful to God is mm-hmm. that you don't have a capacity. You're, you're a broken vessel or an empty vessel. But I come face to face with a guy like you or somebody else, and I feel the pressure to have the answer, to, to have a strategy, to have a plan, to have something. And so I will go beyond where God has called me to go because I don't have the courage to look someone in the eye and say, I don't know. God's mm. called me to go left, and I don't know. I mean, that was our journey out to Florida. God called us to Florida. Then I come up with 10 million things about what it's going to look like, how we're going to do it. Here's our measurables, you know, our strategies. And that stuff, at least in the life of a pastor, is where you can, you can hurt people, to be real honest. Like you can pastor from a place that you are not shepherding them. Mm. You might be managing them. Mm. You might be leading an organization. You might be accomplishing a set of goals. But, you know, God sometimes leads in a circle or leads you into the wilderness because he wants to allow some things to take place. Well, you put yourself in a leadership position and you go before people and say, here's the plan. We don't have a plan. We're going to wait. And God calls you sometimes to those strange things. And when you are insecure or fearful, you don't want to feel that. So you mask it with pride. You come up with a plan and then you have to learn twice. Wow. I really like that, man. What you just said just shows up for me, right? Sometimes we have to wait as we walk in a circle with God and it's, it's for our own good, right? It's because God is trying to work out something in you. He's, there's character defects in all of us, even you listening to this show right now. There's character defects that God is trying to work out because you keep getting in the way in your own life of the work he's trying to do in you and through you for others. Yeah. Like in so many times. So speak to us because you touched on it, the pride, but you didn't give me like an actual story. Give me an actual story. Give me an example of where that pride really got you that uh, maybe messed with your life or took you left when God told you to go right. And it had consequences. Yeah. Well, the, the one that's fresh on my mind is this trip out to Florida. You know, I was pastoring a church that we planted Um, and so I was there for 10 years. We planted it, pastored it for 10 years. It was a, we're fifth generation Oregonians. And so to God called us to come out to Florida and he opened the door for us to, to come and to just follow him. And literally that was the door that opened was to come and follow me. And we knew it. My wife and I knew without a shadow of a doubt that God had called us to go, but we didn't know exactly what was on the other side of that call to go. Mm. And then the questions start coming from everybody, from father-in-law to mother-in-law to mom to dad to church members like, okay, well, if you're sure, then you better have a pretty good idea of what's going to happen on the other side because you're giving up a lot and you're, co- you're asking a lot of people to pay a price to mm. send you, to let you go, um, to step into things that you're stepping out of. And so you manufacture plans. You say, hey, we're going to do this, or I'm going to be able to do this. And to, 
to say those things and to make those commitments and to go beyond what you're, again, what God has called you to right in that moment, what you have to face then is broken relationships or relationships where you've harmed people or you've said things that you shouldn't say. Um, and that's what I experienced. I mean, it's been a th- two, almost a four-year process now leading up to this point. But along the way, I've realized what was it in me that didn't allow me to just say, I don't know. I don't know. But I, I know mm. that he's calling me to go. And so I'm going to be faithful to that. And I heard Ambassador Andrew Young speak. He was with Martin Luther King Jr. And Ambassador Young was phenomenal. I got to hear him speak. And he, I, I should have embraced what he said. He said, go where you're called and be faithful. That's it. Go where you're called and be faithful. And I'm trying to learn right now even that that's it. Go to Joseph Warren and be faithful. Just show up. Be faithful. Hey, can I ask a real like transparency thing here? Can you share with BC Nation how you dodged and avoided coming on this show? <laughs> like I'm just going real right to the heart of it because you're my bro, right? You're my brother and I love you, right? Like, can you talk about that for a second? Because that goes right into go where you're called and be faithful, right? But you didn't come to this show at first, did you? Uh-uh. What was going no, on, man, buddy? You're getting right to the heart of it. I love it. Um, when you, for, you heard me speak, we were in a place and I was having a conversation and you came up to me immediately after. And mind you, God's called me to go. I've been supported to write a book. I have a message. I have a coach. I have a team. I have all these people saying, God has called you to get this message out. So I live that life every single day. Then I go to work at night and I do a talk and a guy who has a podcast walks up to me and says, Hey, I'd like to have you on my show. That's the moment where you go where you're called and be faithful. That's what it looks like. God brings someone into your life and he says, go. Well, I looked at you and even just by stature, you're tall, dark, handsome. I am short, (laughs) thin little guy. And whether what in 10 ways to Sunday, I shrunk back. I was like, I'm not ready the book's not ready. I don't know what I would say. Like uh, just an avalanche of fear overtook me. And so I think I smiled and was like, yeah, we'll do that. And then filed it away. And I did. I kept your card in my Bible and had your little card and thought, yeah, maybe someday I'll publish the book. And when, when I've got proof that there's something that was taking place, then I'll come back to you. Then I'll believe it. But faith, being sure of what you hope for and certain of what you don't see, in that moment, I was like, I don't have anything to offer, so I'm not going. And it was that second time, I don't know how many months later you showed up. And, you know, I looked at you across the room and had that like gulp moment of like, yeah, here's the guy that I didn't, you know, I said no to, yeah, I'll call you and didn't. And you came back up a second time. And I'm so grateful that you did because what you talk about walking in a circle, this whole thing is a setup. God's using you for me to say, hey, I'm going to bring you to that place. And I'll be gentle with you. I'll be gracious with you. But Zach, you're going to go where you're called and be faithful. And so that second time I learned a lesson and just was vulnerable, was honest and said, hey, I don't feel like I'm ready. But if you want me to come, I'll come. And you said, I'm going to hold you to it. So we booked it that day. Yeah, right. Like BC Nation, I can't say enough good about Zach right here, right now in this moment. He just shared his, his brokenness with you. Like, I really want you to just get that for a moment. In sharing that story, he didn't try to look good, right? And he didn't avoid looking bad. He knows that God was calling him to something and he used me, I guess, in that scenario, right? Hey, go talk to this pastor, get him on your show. He's got a powerful message. I want my children to hear. And that was the prompting for me, right? And it wasn't super clear. It was just like a nudge, go speak to him and invite him on the show. That's about all I had. I go and I do it and and Zach nods and he's like, yeah, that's great. And he's like enthusiastic and just high energy and he's just a powerful dude, right? So, I believe him like silly me. I believe him and I take him at his word. You ever do that BC nation? You take someone at their word and then they don't show up and don't deliver. 
Zach just shared with you why. There's something going on inside of them that maybe wants to play small or feel small even though they're big. That wants to crouch down and duck rather than lean in and be courageous. There's something inside of them, the way the enemy is pressing their buttons that's saying, you're not good enough, you're not ready, you got nothing to share. And it's all a lie. Hmm. Like you're God's child. That alone makes you equipped. That alone gives you authority. You're the prodigal son or daughter. The ring is on your finger, whether you feel worthy or not. A friend of mine says it this way. He's like, did you ever think about the prodigal son and what it was like for him after he returns to the father's house? The father forgives him. He feels completely unworthy. And then he wakes up the next day in the father's house. Hmm. What was it like for him the next morning? Learning to live in the father's house again after all the mess up he did. And how the servants are looking at him like, I can't believe you did that. You betrayed your father. You hurt him. You burnt all his inheritance, right? The judgment, the condemnation in that household. Yet the father gave him the ring of authority and the robe of you're part of my family. You've never not been. Like that's what God the father is doing for each of us right now. So Zach, I hope that speaks to you in some kind of way that dude, you're always good enough just because God claimed you. That's it. What shows up for you in that? Yeah. Oh, man. It's just the lesson of you're my son. You're my son. And that's what the prodigal father says to the other son, because that knife cuts both ways, right? And the other son, he has an issue. And the father says to him, you're my son. Everything I have is yours. And we could just spend the next rest of every day for the rest of time, realizing how beautiful that is. Like you're his child. And mm. I, I'm experiencing it this morning, man, just with the grace of you coming back a second time and saying, Hey, no, come and, and spend time. It's the father's house. And so I think, I hope that's what's coming through to everybody who's listening is just, this is God. And he just, we get to be a, uh, he puts us on display to show, yeah, this is who I am and this is what I'm doing. So, mm. Love it. Love it. All right. So I'm going to go here for a second because your new book, like, I like this. It's called Now I See. And you sent over to me like just a little one one sheet about it. I'm, I'm just going to read a few things, okay? Because I really like this. And then I'm going to ask you to take two minutes to just speak on it, okay? So BC Nation, Zach writes this. He starts with recalibrate. Created things are intended to function according to the setting of the manufacturer. When settings are not calibrated correctly, even by a small bit, the effects are significant. Our religious circles buzz with words like shalom, peace, and flourishing. These words echo not only in our sacred texts, but also from our social circles, academic towers, advertisements, coffee cups, journals, wall art, catalogs, and t-shirts alike, all branded with an elusive commercial promise that continues to leave us void of both life and beauty, the things we were created for. We can't breathe and we don't know why. Like that's such a great sentence. We are creatures made by and connected to a maker who intended us to reflect his perfect love. In doing so, to experience what the biblical writers called shalom, peace with God, peace with ourselves, peace with our neighbors, and with creation itself around us. This is the abundant life, life to the full. When our settings or our loves, to use St. Augustine's words, are off, when our settings or our love are off, even just a little bit, the effects are devastating. Rather than shalom, peace, we experience conflict, chaos, and anxiety. Zach, go ahead and just wrap that in a bow for us. What do you want to say about that to my listener right now who is experiencing in their life conflict, chaos, and anxiety? Take two minutes, go. Yeah. Here's what I'd say, especially to listeners who have a background or they've grown up in the church, they have some life of faith. Um, 
and so many of us get it, but we don't have it. And what I mean by that is we hear and see this idea of shalom, you know, that peace, that flourishing, that thing. And it, that's how we talk about it in the church, like everything's set right and that God brings everything into its right ordering. And the world says, yeah, you can have that if you buy and spend for it. So there's c- competing visions of it, but we're all kind of after that same good life. And we get it, like we see what, yeah, like that's it. That's what I want. And yet we don't have it. And the, the truth is it's because it's relational, it's not circumstantial. And so that right there, like flourishing or shalom is relational, not circumstantial. And this is that whole recalibration, creator and creature recalibration. And when that relationship is set right, the creature fully knows who they are. And as we fully know who we are, I can look at you and I know who you are. And so your dignity is restored. My dignity is restored. There's a right ordering that takes place when all of those relationships are set right. But we attempt to secure shalom or flourishing in every other manner of way and by circumstance. And you can't engineer it, you can't spend for it, you can't save for it, you can't, I mean, the minute that you try, and you think you have your circumstances engineered so that you can experience it, the bottom falls out from under that, or the market shifts, or whatever it is, and we're left and it's elusive. And so what God is calling us to is, no, this is what you were created for eternally, and it's what we all will experience, but it's relational, not circumstantial. It's found first in him, and then in his life within us. And then in that life flowing out to our neighbor. And when that is set right, that balance and flow of up and in and out, that is life to the full. That's the way we were created to live. And we can live that here, even in a broken world, we can experience that, the beauty of that relationship. That's why we say there's life and beauty right there on that trail. But it's relational, not circumstantial. BC Nation, I know you want what Zach is speaking about. You want to recalibrate and reconnect with your creator so that he can fill you with life and beauty again, where right now you only feel chaos, conflict, and anxiety. Here's something I'm going to segue into. I just started a new project called the 40-Day Holy Hour Challenge, and it does exactly what Pastor Zach is talking about. It's 40 days 60 minutes a day, one hour a day in quiet time with God, with your maker, so that you can recalibrate the relationship that has been broken, lost, or never was. And recalibrate and learn who you are as a son or a daughter. Get your identity. Then get your purpose, your calling. What does God put you on this world, on this planet for in this generation? In 40 days, you could start to recalibrate, reset. I call it the spiritual cleanse for the soul. It's a 40-day cleanse. For all of you, my health lovers out there, fitness gurus, it's a cleanse. It's a detox. 40 days with your creator to reset, to recalibrate you with your heavenly father so that he can do something powerful in your life. He wants to show you who you are, who he is, and what he has planned for your life. Zach, Thank you for that. That is powerful. This book is going to be a hit. If you want to find more about Zach's book, email Zach. It's Z as in zebra, A-C-H at vuvido.com. That's V-U-V-I-V-O.com. Zach at vuvido.com. Did I say that right, Zach? Yeah, it's, it's a tongue twister. V-U-V-I-V-O. It's vision up, look to him. Vision in, look like him. Vision out, look with him. Vision up. Dude. Vision in, vision out. Like, is there anything you do that does not have like double or triple or quadruple meanings to it? Like you have so much depth. (laughs) Like this is your superpower, whether you've been told it or not or realize it or not. God has given you a depth of brilliance and genius to see things from different angles that most of us ordinary folk don't see. And I really want you to get that and step into that, brother. All right, so... BC Nation, I'm going to go over a few of the things that Zach has shared with us. But before I do that, Zach, I want you to share one of your daily habits that helps you win in your spiritual life. Yeah. You mentioned it uh, early on, but I call it vision up time. Everything starts looking to him. And Mm -hmm. it's that creator, creator, creature reset. And that is how I start my day. I love your idea of this 40 day 
challenge, this 40-day invitation to set that as the habit because the reality is for, we need that 40 days to reset us in our pattern and in our habit. And then my prayer for everybody who's listening is that that would become our way because we are creatures. And so every, every time we start, if we begin our day in that position, and I say get low, and so that's what I do. I, get, I physically get low and I just make a simple confession every day. You are God, I am not. You are God, I am not. And there's a release that comes in that, that you are God, I am not. Because the reality for me is the minute that I elevate myself to get out of bed, which is what happens. I become upright, which is the gift of man. And so here I am walking and I elevate myself. The minute I do that, I begin to, that, 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 that reality that I am creature starts to fade or be challenged. So I start mm. by saying, you are God, I am not. And I let that echo through my day. Every single time I'm faced with that thing that says, it's impossible, it's too hard. It's, you know, whatever it is, that confession is still echoing. He is God, I am not. So that's it. I start with that creature confession. Love it. That's powerful. So BC Nation, uh, we're going to share some of the tips and strategies that Pastor Zach has shared with us today. And I'm just going to recap everything for us here. Okay. So the first thing Pastor Zach came on the show and said, listen, I got fear. I got insecurity. I, I feel like a fraud, like half of the time, like, and, and, and we connect with him there, right? Because that's how I feel. That's how you feel in your own life, in your business, maybe. So fear, insecurity, and fraud is one. Get real. Get honest about it. Surrender it to God. I have this little acronym uh, that God has somehow shown me. It's called surrender every little feeling, which when you spell it out is self. Surrender yourself. Surrender every little feeling. Surrender yourself daily to God and he'll take over. And then uh, Zach spoke about Atlas, right? We're, we're constantly trying to hold the weight of the world. You're holding the weight of the world on your shoulders and it's not working. Like you need to get it's not working in your life. You're not God. It never will work. Stop trying to make it work. You're trying to fit a square into a circle. It's never going to work. Only God can do what you can't do. Write down and be honest with, write down, quote, be honest, right? And then sh- put on a post-it note, right? This is something Zach does. This is powerful. Write this down, put on a post-it note, put it in visible places throughout the day. Be honest with God, right? So throughout the day, have little prayers. God, I'm struggling with this. Like, just come right to it. Zach used the example of his, his son or his, his child that comes and is beating around the bush and won't get to the thing that's bothering him. Zach can see it. He's a father. God the Father can see your problem, your issue that you won't let go of. Give it to him. Get it done with so that God can move you past it. And then Zach says, wait in the circle God has you in so that he can work on you. Wait in the circle. Yes, it's a circle. It feels like you're walking in circles. It's because God's working out stuff in you that needs to be worked out so he can work through you. You're in the way in your own vessel. You're clogged. It's like he can't get through. He, he's, it's a plunger moment in your life. And then Zach says, go where you're called and be faithful. Go where you're called and be faithful. Zach did it. Yes, it took him two tries. So what? He's human. I'm human. You're human. Suck it up, buttercup, right? We're all human. We're all broken. Don't tell me you don't have a moment in your life where you hesitated, where you had paralysis, where you did not, where you like didn't lean in when you were told to lean in by God, right? So go where you're called and be faithful. God's got something powerful for you. And, and final piece of wisdom here. You are God. I am not. Start your day with that. Say that to your father. You are God. I am not. Hit your knees. Get low. Physically, get low. Avoid the temptation of standing and getting high and feeling you're something bigger. You are God. I am not. So Zach, we're going to head into my favorite part of the show. This is the confession round. See what I did there? (laughs) Got it. I'm going to ask you 12 quick fire questions. You'll have about three seconds to answer each. Don't overthink it. It's just for fun. Are you ready, sir? Go. Zach, what's your favorite sound? Music. What's your least favorite sound? Oh, man. 
clang city urban clanging urban <laughs> clanging to term to it. no no that's, that was clanging. specific i like it what are you most afraid of uh, not being a great dad mm, i get that one what did you spend way too much time doing in your 20s listening to Jimmy Buffett and wandering around in circles without meaning. The circles aren't <laughs> bad, but doing it without meaning. <laughs> I got it. What secret fear do you have about people? Mm. You said don't overthink it. Go it's, a, it's just a short answer. What secret fear do you have about people? We all have fear. How we're going to appear to people, feel loved, accepted, show up, whatever. What is your secret fear about people? I'll let you rephrase it. What came to mind first is that I'll let them down. Mm, got it. Missed expectation. Yeah. yeah, that you'll let them down. You're not good enough. You won't show up with the right stuff they need, whatever. Yeah, I get that. What do you wish you had learned sooner about God? That he is God and I am not. <laughs> Love it. What do you wish you were better at? Better at? Saying yes. Got it. What dream are you scared of pursuing, Zach? Building a retreat center in the Northwest. Wow. Look at that. Love it. What is a new habit you want to form? Hmm. We're trying to have family meetings uh, every, every week to reset with the whole tribe, um, and that's six of us. So it's easy to say, like, we're going to do this, and then life happens. So just that, that weekly moment with the whole family um, present. Got it. And what's a bad habit you want to break? Procrastination. Got that. Pick three words to describe who you are now. Um. Dad, husband, love. That's what came to mind. Got it. Pick three words to describe who you were before you experienced God in your life. Cynical, hard-hearted, rebellious. Mm, yeah, got it. And last question. If you could come back to life after you died and tell your family and friends only one piece of advice... Zach, what would you say to them? You only have each other for a short time. So love like it. Got that. That's powerful. Any final wisdom? What's the one thing you want my listener to know about having a relationship with God, Zach? He's waiting. He's waiting. I think, you know, Paul said when he prayed like that you, that you would have some capacity to understand the love of God. I think what was in Paul is he knew that how close God was to the person who was needing God most at that moment. And we just forget that. And I think, again, the prodigal son gives us that picture that God loves us and he loves the people listening. He loves every single one of the BC nation people so intimately and so desperately that right now all of heaven is postured forward and leaning in and kind of drawing near, waiting for all of us to be honest. And so just don't ever forget it. He is, God loves you that much. He's ready and he's waiting for you. BC nation doesn't Zach, hasn't he been gifted with words? I mean, he can just wordsmith things beautifully. What a gift God has given him. Zach, where, what's the best way for BC Nation to get in touch with you, learn more about you, learn more about your upcoming book? Where can they go? Yeah, you can look up, you know, find me as a person on Facebook. You can also go to vuvivo.com. That's our website, vuvivo.com. You can go there. That's where I'll put up news about the book and things like that. Vuvivo is on Facebook as well. So those are the channels. But you said it, email me. And you asked me if I had an Ethernet cable earlier. And I had to confess, like, I don't even know what an Ethernet cable looks like, which is embarrassing. But old school, v, or Zach at vuvivo.com. Send me an email. Uh, old school. Write me a letter. Got it. Or BC Nation, you can Google Zach Elliott, Tampa, Florida. 
And uh, Zach should come up with that. If you are interested, and I know you are, BC Nation, in doing the 40-day Holy Hour Challenge, go to Facebook, join my private group. It's called Daily Holy Hour. So just go in the search bar on Facebook and type in Daily Holy Hour, and you can join for free every single morning for the next 37 days. We're on day three. I do a Facebook Live. 60 minutes of my holy hour with you so that you have virtual accountability. You're not alone in it. It's you and I together with God. Every single morning at 7.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, go to Daily Holy Hour on Facebook and join that group. And uh, also sign up for the email. We send out an inspirational message every morning for 40 days. Okay, cool. Zach, dude, you're a rock star for God. I love it, man. Thanks for joining us today, and I wish you God's peace, love, and joy in your life, and that your calling is realized, brother, in a powerful way. Thanks for being on my show. Have you tried absolutely everything and nothing has worked? Have you tried therapy? Have you tried coaching? Have you tried counseling, Christian counseling? Nothing's worked for you, for your spouse. You just want better communication. When you wake up, do you feel like you want to crawl under a rock in the morning time? Is your brain so scattered and foggy at this point that you're not following through with things? You're not keeping your word in the matter. You're letting people down, maybe your own spouse or kids. Do you have way too much on your plate and you're getting more and more frustrated, which is turning into anger? Are you battling addictions right now? Are you an amped up or frantic person with a lot of anxiety and you're off and on a bipolar and depression medicines? If any of these you connect with, then what I do is specifically this. I do not do therapy. I do not do counseling. Those are for people that want to talk about their problems or learn different ways to cope and manage their problems. I don't do that. Reach out to me if you want to get rid of your problems permanently, like be done with the addiction. Be done with the medications. Be done with the escaping your life because you just feel so powerless in it. If you want those results and you want peace, it's what we all want. We're all chasing it. We had it as kids. We lost it. Life beat the crap out of us. If you want peace, that's what I sell. It's God's peace. So you can find that at josephwarren.net. You can schedule a call with me, complimentary. I'll contribute 30 minutes of my time into your life. We'll get clear on what you actually want. Then we'll see if we're, we want to work together. And that's me interviewing you to see if you're ready. Are you ready to do what it takes? Some people try to come to me, but they're not ready to be coachable. They're not ready to get rid of the problems. Again, if you don't want to talk about your problems anymore and you've tried everything and nothing has worked and you want to permanently get rid of them, go to josephwarren.net and let's see if I'm your guy.